Welcome to this green church. We're a Christian community on a mission to raise saviors, believers that are righteous and supernatural, to succeed, lead, and have transformational societal impact. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and Wednesday at 6 p.m. to be a part of this amazing service. Be blessed as you listen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word. Thank you for eloquence. Thank you for utterance. Thank you for your anointing to teach and to preach. Thank you for your healing anointing. Tonight, as we share your word, on healing, your power to heal is available. Uh, I say, say the amen well. Amen. Your power to heal is available. Both here and online, we see sick bodies healed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Ephesians 1. So this healing series, we don't know when we're going to talk. We don't know when we'll finish it. Maybe September, maybe October. All right, but we'll keep going. Yeah, maybe next year. We don't, we don't know when we end it. You know, when we're younger, you know, when we, our parents ask us what do you want to eat, we would always say rice. And our parents will say, is it not when rice grows on your head? We'll use some of that statement. So, healing must grow on your head. Uh-huh. You sleep and dream of healing. We'll know we have gotten there. All right? Until it becomes part of our consciousness. Because church people hear sermons just for new series is healing. One month, we'll finish. They don't hear it many times to deliberately learn healing, lay hold of healing for their bodies, and get the sick healed. So we have sermons for a period, not because we, we don't deliberately lay hold of those things many times. We just, and that's Sunday, another series. So for that reason, for this reason, like Paul will say, all right, we'll stay on this. And to feel like, okay, yes, we get it. When we get it, me and the Spirit of God will know that we get it. Amen. Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, verse 1 to 3. Are we there? If I say I'm there. If I'm there, can we go together? You come to our Bibles? Are we ready? Someone say I'm ready. Or, or wait for me. Say one of them at least, okay? Okay, that works. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 1 to 3. Okay. Let me go together. One to go. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, can we stop? Paul says he's writing to God's holy people in Ephesus. Now, is Paul saying that from the church in Ephesus, he's writing to those amongst them in the church that, that are holy? Uh, I want a response. Is he saying, for example, to the church of this green church, to the holy, to the holy ones of this green church, is he saying that he's writing to those in this green church that are Holy. Is that what he's saying? What he's saying is that he's writing to the entire body of Christ there, saying that the entire body of Christ there is holy. Hallelujah. Ah, I want response. Yeah. That if you belong to Jesus, he calls you, Jesus calls you holy. Now, the holiness there is not first what we do, it's first what we are by being in what Christ has done. It is first who we are in Christ. In fact, it is essentially who we are in Christ that then begins to inform our behavior. Amen. The word only there doesn't, doesn't necessarily, doesn't even mean those that behave well. Nah? It means agaios, to those who are separated unto Christ, separated unto Jesus. Those who are called to be his. Hallelujah. 
So being only there, it's a calling we have received by being in Christ. So the man in Christ is described as holy. Glory to Jesus. The man in Christ is described as holy. Holy means we are set apart unto God. We belong to Jesus. We are his and his hers. In fact, you know, some versions we call that the holy, holy day, we call it saints, to the saints in Ephesus. So it's the same word, agaios, holy saints. Okay? It means to be set apart unto God. So if you belong to Jesus, you are a saint. Hallelujah. So we have Saint Joy. We have Saint Oita. Amen. We have Saint Bolu. We have Saint Kumi. If you are in Christ, there is, God calls you a saint. First Corinthians 1 1. We'll come back to Ephesians 1, okay? First Corinthians 1 1. Holiness is first who we are before what we do. Holiness is first who we are before it is what we do. So, my being holy does not change with what I've done today. When I get angry while driving, I've repented, I've changed, I don't do that anymore. Mostly, mostly. All right? I'm still holy. I'm still called apart to be God's. When I make mistakes, I'm still holy. It is first why I'm in Christ before it's what I do. It is first my nature, my new man in Christ before it is what I do. It is who I am in Christ that makes me able to act like it. So I must get established in my nature, in my reality first, before I begin to live it. I believe before I become. All right? So believing shapes my actions. 1 Corinthians 1.1. 1 Corinthians 1.1. Someone say I'm holy. Yeah, say I'm Saint Bolu. Put your name before it. Uh-huh. Say it with your full chest, like you mean it. Like with no force, it's not for you to say it. Say it like you mean it. I'm a saint. Say it well. I'm a saint. Hallelujah. First Corinthians. One, yeah, one, one. First Corinthians, one verse two. Let's start from verse one. Once we go, Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. By the will of God and our brother's sustenance. Two, to the church of God in Orient, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Hallelujah. So Paul will call every church he writes to, to those who are sanctified, who are called to be holy in Christ Jesus. So every believer is holy. This Corinthian church is one that gave Paul the biggest headache. In Fabi chapter 3, he told them, you people are carnal. That means to be carnal. Badly behaved. Amen. A badly behaved church where there was strife, there was all sorts. There was someone sleeping with his father's wife and doing it boldly with his full chest. Amen. I'll be together. I want response. But Paul called that church holy. Our holiness is first who we are before what we do. So if Paul can call the Corinthian church holy, I think you qualify. Amen. Amen. So you are holy. Okay, back to, back to Ephesians. Back to Ephesians. All right, verse 2, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't say, you know, anger and condemnation. Amen? To you from our Father, you know, from God the Father. What did he say? Grace and peace to you. Hallelujah. What God gives to you is grace and peace. Not condemnation, not fear. Not anxiety, not worry. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us. In the what? In the heavenly realms 
with every spiritual blessing. Did he say to the one who will bless us? We can fight to do the response tonight, okay? <laughs> to the one who will bless us, to the one who has blessed us with some things, with some things, all, with every spiritual blessing, hallelujah, in the heavenly realms in Christ. So whatever is available in Christ is made available to us. Whatever blessing there is, hallelujah, that is available in Christ has been made available to us. It is not a promise. It is a now reality. It is not what will be. It is what is. It's not what you will end for being, for doing well. It is what is in you now because you are in Christ. Hallelujah. It is not what we, what we will have in the sweet by and by. By and by, you know, when we overcome, when the saints are old school songs, gathered, gathered on, we shall tell the story. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. These things are as now, not in the by and by. Glory to Jesus. So, all that blessing that is made available to us. Healing is already ours. It is not a promise we will receive from God. It is what we already have now. So, we must have a consciousness that healing is mine now. So, I'm no longer praying to God to please give me healing. Glory to Jesus. Right now, you have every spiritual blessing. Healing. You have faith. You are not praying that God give me faith. Hallelujah. Romans 12 says, He has given unto us, all of us, a measure of faith. So you have faith now. So you have enough faith to grow your faith to receive healing. You have enough faith to grow your faith to receive healing. So don't come and say, Ah, you know, I did not have, no, no, you have faith. Again, we are those that have, not the have not. Hallelujah. We are the what? We are the have, not the have not. In this life, there are only, only two. In this, there are only two categories in this world, in this spiritual world, okay? There are the haves and the what? Have not. There is the light and there is the darkness. So if you're not in the darkness, you are in the. If you're not in the have not, you are in the haves. So we belong to the haves part of life. So someone say, I have faith. I have enough faith to grow my faith to the civilian. <laughs> I did not say it well. I have enough faith to grow my faith to receive healing. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So there's nothing that is lacking in your life. There's nothing that is kept back from your reach. Hallelujah. As I would always say, let this mind be in you. See yourself the way God sees you. He doesn't see a beggar. He sees a son that owns everything in the house. So he expects you to face life with an ownership mentality. Paul says, all things are yours. Hallelujah. He says, let, let us you know, argue about men and stuff. He says, all things, all things, all things, all things are yours. Why? He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing that is in Christ Jesus. So I have healing. Now, he calls it a spiritual blessing. This also includes prosperity. It also includes what? Prosperity. There is power in you to create wealth. There is nothing lacking from the believer. There is nothing lacking in the believer. Glory to Jesus. So because it is a spiritual blessing, follow me, it flows from God's spirit to our spirit and then to our body. It's a spiritual blessing. So healing flows from God's spirit through our spirit and then to our body. Meaning that healing is first received spiritually 
before manifested physically. Healing is first received spiritually before manifested physically. Meaning that I must see myself healed before I see myself healed. I must see myself healed before I see myself healed. I must see myself rich before I see myself rich. Hallelujah. So, it is first what I see inside that shapes what I see outside. It is what I see inside that shapes what I see outside. Hallelujah. That's why Paul prays Ephesians 1, 50, 20. Says, I'm praying for you that you may know, that you may know the hope of this calling, that the eyes of your heart, your real seer, your real seer is your heart, that the eyes of your heart flooded with light. Why? So that you can see the things yours in Christ. Because when you see it there, you experience it. He says, I'm praying that your seer, your seeing machine, the real seer in you, begins to see. When God told Abraham to come out and look up and told him, as far as I can see, God was speaking beyond what he could see with his eyes. Because how far could Abraham see with his eyes? No, follow me, guys, follow me. How far could Abraham see? What was God telling him? Open your eyes, your inner eyes, and begin to dream. As far as you can see within, I will give unto you. Glory to Jesus. So you must help your seer to see. What you see is what you become. What you see is what you believe. What you see is what you believe. So help yourself to see what God is saying about your life. Be healthy in your eyes. See, many times, why would say, say, you know, people should hear and be healed? It's because it can be hard to be healed if you don't see it in your heart. Do you understand? If you can help people to, to actually see it, then praying for them is easier. But the issue is that many people have not seen it. So it's, it, it is, it is it's a drag to get them there. Why people who do have healing schools or healing series teaching. Why? To help people to begin to see. You only become what you have seen. Hallelujah. So you must help people, expose people that need healing to God's word on healing. When they can see in their hearts that it's God's will for them to be healed, okay, that God is willing, God is able, and that God has healed, it's easy to receive. Hallelujah. So, if healing flows from God's spirit to your spirit and then to your body, it means that, you know, the way a healthy body, follow me guys, can, a strong body, can get more things done, right, can withstand more strain, can go further, so also can a strong spirit, amen, get more things done. The way a healthy body, a strong body has more immunity. Are we together? So also a healthy, a strong spirit, you know, can more easily withstand strain, can more easily dispense spiritual stuff to the body. The Bible says, a man's spirit will sustain him. But a broken spirit who can bear. A man's spirit what? Sustain him. But a broken spirit who can bear. So when a spirit is broken, okay, the person is open to vulnerabilities. And when I speak about spirit here, I speak about the arts, which is, which is the combination of your human spirit and your mind. We call it the soul. When the Bible talks about art, spirit, you have to be careful the art, spirit, the soul. Sometimes it means just the arts, as in just the spirits. It means the spirit, you know, and the mind put together. Are we together? So even though the believer spirit, the new birth spirit is perfect, right? But the spirit of man is so close to the soul that he can barely separate it. Do you understand? Your spirit and your and your risk faculty, your subconscious, that part of you, they are so closely together that you cannot practically separate it. So, so a wounded mind, a wounded soul, looks like a wounded spirit. 
you shall get it. So, no matter how, how healthy your spirit mind is, because that one is perfect, it's from God. Okay? If your, if your emotions, your mind, your thinking is not healthy, it will affect the outflow of your spirit. Hallelujah. So I pause Romans 12, 1 to 2. That it says, you know, don't come to this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you're already transformed when your mind is renewed. Meaning that you only experience your realities to the extent that your mind is renewed. You know what? Experience your realities to the extent that your mind is renewed. Are we still together? So it means to fully flow in the things just in Christ. You must develop a strong spirit. You must develop a strong spirit. A strong spirit can withstand challenges, can repel attacks, can respond well when crisis happens. A strong spirit can get a lot more things done. How do you develop a strong spirit? Number one, you've got to feed on the word. You've got to feed on the word. You've got to so feed on the word. That's we eat the word. Not casually eating the word. Your word has to be your, your daily bread. Christ told them, told the devil, that man challenged by bread alone, but by what? Every word. Meaning that what? You must put God's word above your daily bread. So if you eat Christ daily, Amen? You should invest even much more in your spiritual eating. Some people eat, you know, nice three balanced diet every day, but eat, you know, some, you know, merely get junk even into their spirit man per day. Merely, merely even get some, just, just some enough to just, just some, just some tiny stuff. They don't even get that one. Hallelujah. So, we ought to feed our spirit. Feed your, feed your spirit fat on faith. Feed it fat on healing. Now that we're, that we're in season, you know, uh, there's cough and there's scatter. Feed your feet fat. Amen. So that when you do, <coughs> tell yourself, that's a healthy sneeze. That's a very healthy sneeze. Amen. <coughs> it's a healthy sneeze. That's the end of it. So you can have a response when things come around you. All right? You make the word first place in your life, meaning I always do the word. When faced with the decision, and I have my desires by, my, by one side, and what by the other side, I will choose God's word. Now you put God's word first. That's when you feel sick, and the Bible says you are healed, you choose God's word, I am healed. You make God's word first place in your life. When you pray, and your faith leads him to walk, you won't say faith does not walk. You will choose God's word. God's word says faith always walks. Amen. Some people believe themselves over God's word. They believe themselves over God's word. I don't know how you do it. They believe yourself, you believe yourself over God's word. God's word says faith always works. You say faith doesn't always work. I, I don't understand. Who are you? What do you know that much? People do it a lot. But the Bible says, say to this matter to move. You say it doesn't always move. Are you kidding me? That sometimes it. So, uh, how will I believe you over the word of God? The point is this, always take side with God's word, always take side with God's word. I tell you every time, if faith can never fail, you're in trouble. If faith can fail, you're in trouble. So I know this, man can fail to receive. Man can say they're in faith and not be in faith. But faith cannot fail. Did you get that? If you approach faith, feeling like faith can work or can fail, you're not in faith. If you pray and doesn't happen, and you now said you were in faith but it did not work, you were, you were never in faith. If faith can fail you, you were never in faith. Do you know what faith is? I hope you got that. If you pray for somebody and it, and it did not seem to work, and you then come and say, faith did not work, it means that 
you were never in faith. If you think faith can fail, you were never in faith. You don't, you don't know faith. So, when things don't happen the way you want, you want, it, to, where you want it to happen yet, don't put the failure on God, on faith. Man can fail. Faith does not fail. So it might be that, you know, I did something wrong. You know, I didn't apply my faith well. Or I missed something. I can miss something. But faith always works. So when, you know, if I make a mistake, I can go back and learn and get better. That's not a problem. But if faith can fail, what are we doing? Just pack up and go to heaven. And tell him, please come back fast. Can you come now? If faith is a EJ, a EOJ, works now doesn't work then, then let him just come back now. Hallelujah. All right? So, I said, feed your, feed your faith fast with God's word. Feed your spirit with God's word. Make God's word first place in your life. Do the word. It's not enough to hear the word. If you hear and you don't do, you're not growing. If you hear the word and you don't do it, you're not growing. If you hear the word and you don't do it, you're not growing. It is those that hear and do that are blessed, according to James. So I mustn't only hear, I must be practicing God's word. So God's word says, pray for the sick. From what pray for the sick, I don't know about it. I only heard. It is in doing that I'm growing. So when I hear and I take action, I am growing. Developing a strong spirit means I hear God's word. I do God's word. Pray for the sick. I pray for the sick. Believe you receive. I believe I receive. You don't know how faith works until you pray and you believe before you see it. If you've only, you only read it and you didn't do it, you've not learned how faith works. Many people have heard, but they never used their faith. Can we relate to that? Many people have heard about faith, but they've never used it. They have never believed they received before they saw it. So until you have believed as before you see it, you've not, you've not learned faith. You've not grown in faith. It is in the doing that you grow spiritual Moses. Imagine you read about building Moses. You read about it. Does that grow your Moses? You paid for the gym. Does that grow your Moses? How do you grow it? You will do the gym in. So these things grow by reason of use. Faith is a muscle that grows with use. Strong faith is not just a fair you will practice it. I have strong faith. I, I, I heard you. Use it. Hallelujah. All right? Do the word. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Also, I to develop a strong spirit. Praying in the spirit. You know, if you learn to enjoy praying, praying without understanding, praying in tongues, you, you, also, you also find it a lot easier to believe you are healed before you feel healed. Because when you pray in tongues, man, man does not get it. Your mind does not get it. You are praying in faith that you're making sense. So you're developing faith muscles for believing in what you don't understand. Do you understand? Praying in the Spirit. Getting drunk in the Spirit. Learning to yield to the Holy Ghost. Learning to yield. Part of how you develop a strong spirit is in learning to yield to the Holy Spirit. Why do we lay hands a lot? By developing strong spirits. Teaching to learn to yield to the Holy Ghost. 
When they say laugh, you laugh. You learn, you learn to live beyond, beyond your metaphacalties. Hallelujah. When we say rejoice, you don't feel like, you don't feel joy. But you just anyway, you are learning to yield to things you don't understand. Learning to yield to what you don't see yet. Learning to believe what you don't see. You don't feel happy, but also rejoice, you rejoice. What are you learning to do? Learning to believe in the joy you don't see. So also you'll be able to learn to, to see the healing you don't see. Do you understand? Developing a strong spirit. You know, when we learn to live like this, people will not get it. It's why Paul says, the carnal man does not receive the things of the spirit between their foolishness. For some of us are so earthly wise, we are spiritually foolish. You want it all to make sense. So say rejoice, you are doing, because you don't understand what they are talking about. Because if you use just madness, why are they drawing about? You see the point, you see the problem here. You are, it's, a, it's a problem, you are still living in your senses. We say rejoice, you are doing, ah, but I don't feel like. We say pray in tongues, ah, the spirit is not moving me to, you see, you are still in the realm of feeling. Learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. Learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. Learn to, learn, to, learn, to, learn to live beyond what your eyes can see. There's more to you than what your eyes can see. The physical eye is too limited. There's more to you than what the eye can see. There's more to you than what your body can feel. There's more joy in you than your body can express. There's more joy in you than your body can express. So learn to live beyond what your eyes can see. Learn to live in the word. And it's faith. Glory to Jesus. Talk John 2. A strong spirit is, you know, much more able to receive and dispense healing. A strong spirit is much more able to receive and to what? Dispense in third John 2. Third John 2. Dear friend, I pray that you may what? Enjoy good health. And that what? That all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Let's take it again. Dear friend, I pray that you may what? Enjoy good health. And that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. NKJV says, even as your soul prospers. So, when you prosper in your soul, a strong spirit, okay, it will make your body healthier. You find it much more able, much more easier to receive and to dispense healing. So, this is flow from a healthy spirit. Your heart's condition is important to your flow in the things yours in Christ. Amen. Your heart's condition, the state of your heart, is important to your flow in the things yours in Christ. The state of your heart is important to, the, to your flow in the things yours in Christ. It's guard your heart with all diligence. Part of it what? Out of it flows the things that controls your life. Guard the state of your heart because out of it flows the things that controls your life. So you must consciously keep your heart healthy. Consciously keep a strong spirit. Consciously keep your zeal alive. Romans 12, 12 says, you know, fervent in zeal. You should keep yourself fervent in zeal. God won't do it for you. You will do it. You will keep yourself fervent in spirit. Glory to Jesus. A healthy spirit puts things of God above personal stuff. Okay. Luke 6.45. Luke 6.45. Luke 6.45. Luke 6.45. Are we there? Are we there? 
Want to go? I don't know if we are there because people don't answer me. Mutekain, you see. Are we there? A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. You see that? Take it again. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Again. A good man brings out the good stored up in his heart. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. So you only bring out what you stored in. You only bring out what you stored in. You only bring out what you stored in. You know why God allows us medical science and allows medical science to develop and allow gifts of healings where healings work beyond our, our level of faith. You know why? Because some of us live. If you have to use our faith to get many things done, some people will die. Yeah. I will pray for medical science to keep developing, to keep get, getting better in things. Because some of us faith is where we live our lives. If we have to depend on our faith to get well, some people will die of malaria. Thank God for chloroquine and evacuine. And fat, whatever it is. If queen is old, okay, when we're younger. Who knows if our queen? Uh-huh. Thank God, because some of us are. Yes, that art has nothing but telenovela and BBN. A good man only brings out good things from the good stop in his heart. People have gotten healed from having two days to live. A good man, from the good stood up in his heart, brings out good things. So, feed, because medical, medical science is not, is not that perfect, you know. You, we, we know. So, you have to be prepared. So when it's not close to your body, you, you can stand. So, see, your hope is not in, this is why you said your hope cannot be medical care. Your faith cannot be medical care. Because it means that it, when it does not work, the person will be in trouble. And the, many, medical care has, has many limitations. Things they don't understand. Someone goes to the hospital and they're telling me, we, don't, your problem, we cannot see the problem. <laughs> from, from what we are seeing, you look very fine. Only then for, you know, <laughs> we cannot see, we cannot see, you look very fine. Do you get? So you have to feed yourself strong. A good man. Out of the good things stored up in his heart, brings out good things. So, when you need healing, I hope you have healing stored up in your heart. I hope you have enough time. If you don't have it, you don't have healing in your heart to develop it. Do you understand? Thank God for gifts of healings where people get it beyond their faith. When in church one day, I can't, I, can't, I can't forget that. I cannot forget testimony. I cannot forget testimony. We're praying for impartation. Someone got healed of a, of a long-term illness. I think about 10 years old. Long-term crisis. She got instantly healed without her feet. No, you cannot, you cannot always bank on that. Because even me, I did not plan it. Do you understand? I did not pray be healed. But power eat her and she was healed. You know we did not plan it. So you cannot bank your faith on gifts of healing. What you can bank on is in you growing your faith. Hallelujah. You can bank on that one. That by his stripes I was Israel. You can bank on that. You must, you must get so strong in that because even pastor needs to learn faith. Do you understand? Even pastors get tempted with sicknesses. There might be a pastor. We all get, we all face symptoms that we all use faith to resist. Everybody. And if an emoji doesn't know faith, he will die. And we say, God, what, what happened? Why did, why did he go? It's not about being an emoji. We all have to learn and practice faith. Dockers died. She was a good woman. Thank God for Peter. That could raise her up. But Dockers died. Did she have to die? No. Dockers died. Dockers was so good. Like she, was, she, was, you know, she was the mother, amen, of the females there, of the widows. She was their provider. But she died. So good men die. Faith men should not. Do you understand? Good Christians 
can be can fall sick, can be terribly ill. But a fit man should not. So even when things touch your body, they should not. But if you, if you touch mistakenly, touch your body, have a, have a fit response. You must have a fit response. So I'm watching a program where this woman's baby died in church. And they brought her to the altar. But the child, she brought the child to the altar. I was crying at the altar. Good problem, right? Good problem. Abby? <laughs> Pastor, your God heals. Good problem. But thank God for faith, man. Baby, right there, go back to life. Right on that same altar. But imagine the church where they say, sometimes God heals. Sometimes it doesn't. That maybe God took the child because he wants an extra angel in heaven. The Lord give it. The Lord take it. Glory be to God. That child is gone. Hallelujah. The state of your heart is important in your flow in the things of the Spirit. So someone came back again and said, in my, that in my husband's side, they just receive healing so easily. This thing that's just so easy for them, but in our side, it's so hard. We've been saved for so long, we barely get anything from God. Can they ask me a simple question? In your family, Compared to your, other, your, your spouse's family, are you forgivers? You're like, no, our husband's side, they forgive so easily. But now my own side, tight our chest. I told him, their rain is your problem. The state of your heart is important in your flow in things of the spirits. Mark 11. Mark 11. 25, 20 to 25. Mark 11, 22 to 25. You see that we can get more things done when we don't rush a series. Taking it slowly, taking it easily. Are we there? Mark 11, from 22 to 25. For some reason, I feel like someone should read for us. Okay, let's use our voice. Can we have an extra mic? I want to hear your voice. Wanwa. I, I missed your name for your, for your star's name, so I just call your surname. I'll just give you, I'll give you a new name one day so I can at least recognize you better. All right. Mark 11, 2025. 20 All right. Have faith in God. Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they will say would happen, it will be done for them. Take it again, 22. From 22. Truly I tell yeah. you. Okay, from 22. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, If some people, Anyone. Are you anyone? If you are a man in Christ, are there anyone here? You are the so ever here. Every believer can operate faith. Every believer can operate faith. You are anyone that can tell mountains to move. You are the anyone he's talking about. It's not for elite believers, it's for anyone. And trust me, you are anyone that, that is here. Go on. Therefore, from 24. Yeah. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, Aha. if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Please pause. So, while teaching faith, while teaching faith, Christ puts in forgiveness. That forgiveness is a part of operating your faith. 
that forgiveness is a part of operating faith. That, because, so follow me, you must learn how to release your faith. You must learn how to release your faith. So, before you release your faith, if you're angry with somebody, you have the person in your chest, free that person first. That because your heart's condition affects your flow in spiritual things, okay? You need to be free of unforgiveness before you can release your faith. Before you can flow, you must free your heart of, of, of unforgiveness. That if I have anyone I'm angry against in my heart, it will block my flow. It is not as though God will not do because God has done in Christ. But my flow in this mind in Christ will not, be, will not work well if my heart's condition is not good. So, someone, someone offended you, took your boyfriend. Release, your, release the person. It's funny, but it's real. That secondary school girl that took your secondary school girl that took your boyfriend SS3. That was your, your best friend that took your boy, took your boyfriend. You told yourself, I will never again have best friend. So there's this story. Someone shared a testimony. How this man came for a conference. She came with her wheelchair. She got well. She got that wheelchair and was going home. Before she got to the garage, into her car, she fell back sick. Okay? She, was, she, got, she got up healed. They prayed for her, she got well. Left church healed. Got her wheelchair. But between the altar and her car, sickness came back. So she came back the next day. And Andrew Womack, that prayed for her, asked her. He just knew by the spirit to ask her this. Are you having any grudge of you had against somebody? She said, yes. That, yeah, that this guy, a long time ago, promised her to love her, promised to marry her, got her pregnant, and ran away. And as since then, she had had a grudge in her heart against him. So right there, she forgave the guy. Pastor, I'm going to pray for him again. Can I pray for you again? Like, no, I'm you already. Just kind of I'll, I'll reach here and walk the way I never came up with the sickness. You see that? Said it's for the conference was four days. And for the four days of the conference, he was coming back. He, would know, he didn't return again. So the unforgiveness was the one that was, that was magnetizing, magnetizing sickness to her body. The state of your heart is important to your flow of the things yours in Christ. People that forgive, people with a light chest, they flow easier. Do you see how easy it was here for her to, for her to forgive and get her healing? She didn't need to go and do a demo run of forgiveness. Let's see how you do for the next two weeks, for, for the next two years. God did not do that for her. Because again, on God's part it is done. So once you forgive, she by herself took off the blockade. So that the flow of things as in Christ just flowed out. Do you understand me? God did not need to do what that done. So once you took off the, the barrier, healing flowed in. So you don't need to, when, when, when you, have, you have missed it, it doesn't take long to get it right. It's just readjustment. Okay, that was wrong. I, I, I agree. Now, I won't do that again. We forgive, release. First John 3. First John 3, verse 20, 24. Repent, it's not hard to repent. It is not hard to repent. It is not hard to repent. It is not hard to repent. Just repent. Just forgive. Just let the person go. Just readjust your heart. Verse 20. I will learn. I will learn. I will learn. Verse 20. 
if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Look at this. If our hearts condemns us, we know that God knows our hearts and he sees everything. So when your heart condemns you, there's a problem to deal with. When your heart condemns you, your heart tells you, guy, guy, you won't do too much. Free that guy, forgive him. Your heart tells you, every day, you keep saying, my boss is wicked. Can you chill? Not the way the heart works. The heart keeps warning you until you get tired. And it's that, you know, no more. Just stop talking. That's problematic. That's what we call a seared conscience. We call it a seared conscience. All right? 21. 21. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and we receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. Hallelujah. This, if our hearts do not condemn us, we know we are much more able to stand in prayer with confidence. So, whatever keeps your confidence low, let it go. I kiss my boyfriend. Your heart is, your heart is messed up. Let it go. Don't kiss again. Go and marry. Amen? You get, you get your tight. Repent. Whatever, whatever becomes a blockage in your, in your spirit, whatever affects your prayer stance, whatever affects your boldness, it's a drag. You are eyeing your, I like, this, I like this example a lot. You are eyeing your bestest man or bestest woman. You know you should have a problem. See, now, you see, man, telling yourself, I wish it was mine. You know you have a problem. You know you need deliverance. Eh? You know you have a, that's, that's a big problem. I wish it was mine. And not telling yourself, you know, and that, that girl is not so good. How did, how, how did, how did, how did she even get him? No, you need deliverance. I'm better than her. But she asked him, no, you have a problem. All right? 23. 23. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ, and to what? And to love one another as he commanded us. So the one that, the one that is bold is the one that lives in love, that works in love. His command is to walk in love. Forgive. Give. Don't be a critical spirit. Always pointing forth here and there. That one said, that one said, relax, you're not that good. Grace is carrying you, chill. You're not that kind, you're not that nice. You know the Bible says, before you remove a speck in someone's eyes, remove the log of wood in your eyes. Meaning that you have a bigger, you have a bigger issue than what you're talking about. You won't pass them. In fact, when you are critical, it's a sign of a log in your eyes. When you see fault a lot, it's a sign that you are broken, you need, you need help. When you're a fault finder, it's a sign that something is wrong with you. There's a log in your eyes. So when you remove your log, you can then help other people remove their speck. So if that is when you can help them remove their speck. Help them, not tell them there's a speck, there's a speck, speck in your eyes. So if you're always looking for speck up and down, there's a log in your eyes. Be a forgiver. Be easygoing. Be kind. Be nice. Be patient. Walk in love. Let me, let me give you this for free. If your man or woman is only kind to you, is a scam. Amen. Everybody says he's mad. But to you, he's a darling, he's a fraudster. And that she with two once you marry. Now there's a car carpet, oh my car, big carpet. Hallelujah. First John 2. First John 2. You know, in Mark 11, 25, it says, if we don't forgive, we will not be forgiven. 
That is Old Testament language. Old Testament speak. That, you know, if you don't do, God will not do. But in the new, we have been forgiven. Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32. So it's not God that is saying no. God is not doing, maybe you sinned, Abby. Maybe you sinned, Abby. You sinned, Abby. You will meet me here. You will meet, maybe you sinned. You don't forgive. And you are, uh, maybe you will pray for forgiveness. And you, you, uh, you, you will meet, you will, uh, maybe you will sin. You meet me here. No. No. Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32. Are we learning tonight? Is it good? Surely? Good. 32. Want to go. Be kind and what? Compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. Just as Christ, as in Christ God forgave. Did he say the way God will forgive you? Just as God in Christ forgave you. So he forgave you. So it's not God that is saying no, but the flow of things of God through you needs a clear heart, a clear mind, a person walking in love. Hallelujah. First John 2. Are we there? Ephesians 1 7 says, In him we have redemption, the, word, the forgiveness of sins. Not what we have, what we already have. In Christ we have been forgiven. Do you understand? So God is not standing against you. That's the point. It's also why you can quickly adjust yourself and repent. Because he has, forgive, he has been forgiven you. It's just, just aligning with where you should be. It should have went like this. That you come back like that and stay where, where he can pass. Do you understand? First John 2, 1 to 2. 1 to go. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have what? An advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Verse 2. Easy. Only sacrifice for our sins. Not only for us, but also for the sins of the whole world. He's saying, I'm telling you this so that you not sin. But if anyone sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. Now, people sit down and think that when we sin, Christ is not telling, Christ is telling the Father. Let me see it as the Father. My Father. My Father. Don't be angry with him. I want the Lord she. You know, he said, dear children. So, you know, he's just been a child. My father, don't strike him dead. My father, don't make him sick. You know, my father, please forgive. Father, father, I'll be like, it's true, I remember your sacrifice for him. It's true, Sha. No. His advocacy is what has already done in Christ. His advocacy was done on the cross. Do you understand? His advocacy is his finished work. It's not, it's not what he's doing when you sin. It's what he has already done. That we have been forgiven in Christ. The price for sin paid in Christ. Hallelujah. So it's a done deal. So when, 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 when we sin, okay, when we sin, we are forgiven because of what Christ has done. What he did is our advocacy. So what he did is why you are always sure that you are forgiven. Do you understand that? What he did is why you can always be sure that you are forgiven. What he did is why you can always be sure that you are forgiven. What you need to do? Just rely on yourself. Father, I agree. That was wrong. I repent of it. Case done. Case closed. You get yourself back in the flow of things of God through you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let me, let me end with this. Releasing your faith. I'll talk more this next week, but let me just land it here. Releasing your faith. It helps to consciously and deliberately 
release your faith. You know, we read last week about, this, about the centurion that says, only speak the word. That a man under authority, sometimes my fans go here and they go here, come and they come. Okay? Only speak your word. Meaning that you can send your faith on errand. Do you get that? That your faith is your servant. So you can deliberately send your faith on errand. You can deliberately send your faith on errand. So I remember to tell his, his disciples, people he mentored, that don't just casually lay hands or speak. Deliberately release your faith. What does that mean? So it means if I want to pray for the sick or speak to my own body to behave, to behave well, it is a conscious, deliberate thing. What does that mean? I remind myself of God's word. I'm standing on something. I have a scripture that is backing up my decree. You understand? So I find a scripture and stand on it. And on that, I deliberately release my faith. It might mean that, you know the woman who showed blood? She deliberately used her deliberately with her. What did she do? Before she touched, she was saying. So she kept on saying. She was deliberately releasing her faith so that once she touched, her faith was released. She was telling herself over and over again, once I touch him, I will be well. What was she doing? Preparing herself to release her faith. Once I touch him, I'll be healed. Once I touch him, I'll be healed. Once I touch his garment, I'll be healed. So she was, when by the time she got there, she was ready. She touched and she was well. So, you feed yourself with God's word. Amen. You'll, be, you'll speak that word to yourself to a point where even you know, ah, whew, let's go. By stripes, I was healed. You are, you are building up yourself. By stripes, I was healed. He himself took my infirmities. So if he took it, I should not have it. By stripes, I was healed. You are preparing yourself for that release. If you continue like that, you get to a point where your body is even doing by stripes. So in the name of Jesus, sickness go. It's deliberate, it's conscious. Not, not just random. Be healed. Amen? So you can even write that in your journal. On so and so day, on the 17th of August, at 8 p.m., I release my faith for healing over this, and I believe I am healed. So, so what did them? You deliberately released your faith, and you put a date on it. So even though you don't see it, you're telling yourself, on that day of August, at 8 p.m., I released my feet. I got my healing, and I will see my healing. When you feel the symptoms, on that day of, on that 7th of August, at 8 p.m., I released my faith by the word. I spoke the word. I released my faith. So now I'm waiting. Skyrim has waiting on Sunday. I'm waiting. The healing, I will see the healing. I'm in my waiting process. I will see the healing. Deliberately releasing your faith. So, no matter what the issue is, don't just shoot random shots. Today, you shot, you shot, you shot. You shot and shoot Kakiri. You know? Amen. Put a deliberate shot, a deliberate shot. What do you do? Call it a fast. It's not about eating or drinking. Stay with the word on healing. Feed with the word on healing. Build yourself strong with the word on healing. Feed fat. When you are now full, you don't give a good shot. The Bible says this, and this is my stance of God's word. So now, right now, I'm decreeing this, and that is that. You write it down. On so and so day, I release my faith for this. Especially if you have, if you have a long-standing, annoying issue, don't just shoot random shots. Maybe it's just a headache, headache that you have, you just, uh, headache, you know, that one day, day, because you just, you know. But when you have an issue that you've for a while, you've got to make a deliberate shot and stand on it. How do I give you the praise? We give you all the praise. We well, thank you for your word. 
We are getting better in these things. We are growing in these things. We are living in these things. It's our reality now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for healing that you have given unto us. So right now, I decree over every sick body, in the name of Jesus, be healed. So that back pain that has been nagging for a while, that has been coming and, and, and going, okay? So this particular back pain is not, it's not, it's not the center area. It is um, waist. Is this, is this is my left, Abby? Okay. So to your left, all right? That pain is gone completely. In the name of Jesus. Someone I've been struggling with, you know, someone here online, with a recurring chest pain. And you have been thinking the worst, you know, You've probably even good stuff. Right now, your healing has come. Amen. So receive healing now. In the name of Jesus. Kediako supra atelemani ategestosus. Ratilako suto coprende. Iriatina matia keshtekosusia talabaranas. All right, that's all. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Some with ulcer, you are healed now. Amen. This ulcer has been coming and going. It, it comes and it goes. Now it goes completely in the name of Jesus. I feel, like, I feel like that person felt the ulcer pain today. The pain came today, earlier today. It has gone completely in the name of Jesus. If this is you, the, the distance you know, that they, they talked about, please reach out to us okay, so we can know what God is doing. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Cheers to growth and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church. And do join us every Sunday by 9 a.m. and Wednesday by 6 p.m. to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior. You are light and life to your world. <laughs>